so many comedy shows at this station, we're actually under the free comedy section. My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as movies over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen Summer Cottage on the Mountain Ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) What could it be? It's exactly what you think it is. Flat. Black. Plastic. Vinyl, records, round, played, mixed, all for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scott Walk. Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. My name is Breakfast, oh, we... and I'm running for Chancellor of the United Yay. States. Yeah, it looks like, looks like it does. Woo! That's what the song usually happens. Welcome to Peptastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Uh, our lineup has changed dramatically in the day today. Uh, a couple people decided they did not want to perform so we've got just a couple of us which is fine it's friday night it's time for pamtastic's comedy clubhouse your friend is arriving that is great we've got capital in the house i'm excited about our our lineup of uh comedians everyone's just going to do more more time which i think is exciting and uh we'll just all have a good time it's listening the listening audience hopefully hasn't boycotted the station as well uh, I am, today is a rough day. I feel like persona non grata. Is that a word? That's a word, right? Is that a thing? Do I just make words up sometimes? I do. I do have a master's in English. I make up things. I'm like, persona non grata, though. I think that's a real thing. I think that that's Italian for, um, if you go fuck yourself, Pam. I think that's, I think that's what that means. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 uh, let's, we'll talk about all kinds of fun things. I, I do. I have, um, I have a master's. Uh, or PhD, I wish. I have an MFA in in poetry, which was um, not a bad decision, but a very poor one. It was a poor decision. (laughs) 
never going to make any money ever. I have an MFA in poetry. What does that mean? It means I get to make up words is what it is. I get to just, I have, I'm, yeah. How am I going to make money? Ah, I thought about it and I thought, oh, I could be a lyricist because people who write lyrics, they make money or whatever and they're writers. And then I thought, I'll write lyrics for death metal because there's only like nine words in those songs anyway, right? And I can be poetic and I can still make money. I wrote a couple songs and we'll see if you guys like them. Uh, the first one is about things people like. Puppies, kittens, unicorns, lots of porn. People love porn. Thank you. Yeah, people love porn. They do. And end rhyme. It makes them feel complete. It's very nice. Uh, the second song I wrote deals with the rhyming of vowel sounds in the middle of words. Uh, we call it assonance uh, or sometimes slant rhyme. And it goes like this. At dawn with chainsaws. See what I did there is that aw sound. Uh, it's about carving up uh, dead bloated whales uh, at dawn on the beach. If you're not into it, it's pretty metal. It's pretty, pretty metal. Uh, the last song I wrote is, I think it's going to be my big moneymaker. Uh, it's called 23 Year Olds Lament. And it goes like this. I have the worst roommate. Knock, knock, knock on the door while I masturbate. Oh, mom, why do I live with my mom? It's a death growl. That's a convention of death growl. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I've always wanted to be in a, in a metal band. That's why when I go sing karaoke, I sing Alanis Morissette's Ironic in the style of James Hetfield. So I sing it like Metallica. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> a little too ironic. Yeah. And so every time I'm doing karaoke, I'm trying out for a metal band. It's, it's a dream of mine. Scream in front of people. Anyways, that's what I'm going to do with my poetry. Thing. I've been reading poetry books again, actually, which is lame. Like, how, how much does my life sucks that I'm reading the plot genie? Like, it makes no sense. This is the thing I love about, about poetry is I, I used to do it, and I, and I had to get out of it because um, I don't think I was pretentious enough. Like, I just couldn't. It was, that was the problem is that uh, maybe I was too pretentious. I don't know. Either way, it just wasn't working. I'd rather write uh, jokes about my third abortion. Like if I write another poem about my third abortion, like if I hear another poem about somebody's third abortion, I'm gonna be like, ah, right? Like I, I've only actually had two abortions. The third is just for comic effect. <laughs> I, I do only have one regret about my second abortion. You know, uh, I went in there and uh, they, I'm in the gown and I got my feet up in the stirrups and they've just they've just given me the midazolam. It's a short-lived, fast-acting benzodiazepine. Anyone else love drugs? Yeah. yeah. It's like super Valium. It's like Valium now. Actually, it's what they give to prisoners before they kill them. They give them a little midazolam and then they stop their heart. Side, side note. Uh, but so I'm in there. I got my feet in the stirrups. They're getting ready to start and the doctor lifts his head up from between my legs and he says, um, you know, during this procedure... It's about five minutes. Uh, some people talk. Some people don't talk. I said, has anyone ever told jokes? <laughs> and he's like, no. no. Uh, so I did a fucking killer set. It was a bringer show. I left it there. It was, it was good. Hey, everybody. 
cool. I was just talking about the only regret from my second abortion. So the, really, the only regret that I had is that they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me bring my iPhone in, so I couldn't tape the set. I'm like, did it happen? Did it not happen? Was it real? Does it matter? <laughs> Does it, do, I, do I feel regret? Absolutely. I think it was a great set, and now I can never hear it again. It's good stuff. Hey, welcome. Yay. All right. Abortion material, not killing it. But uh, I, I, I mean, I'm a big advocate of, of abortions uh, only because, well, I mean, I'm, I, shouldn't ha I shouldn't have a baby. <laughs> like there's, there's, it's be, it would be a terrible thing. I mean, how do, you, how do you raise a baby in a studio apartment? People do that? Like I, right, I, gotta, I don't want to do the same jokes as I did the last thing about my other abortion joke. I did it in the last hour, so we'll, we'll, we'll switch subjects. You guys want to talk, talk about love? You guys like love? Yes. Yay, do you really? Yay! No, I'm kidding. I do too. Is it? There's, well, you know, all these people are trying to find, I'm happy. I, 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 he's my boyfriend. He's awesome and I love him. Oh, thanks. Uh, but uh, there's, there's this crazy thing now. Everybody's doing this internet dating. I have to say, I've never internet dated. Is everyone here and everyone internet dates? Is that like a thing? Now, good. You don't, oh my God, that makes, I'm so happy when people don't internet date. I don't get it. You know, it's like, People are like, oh, some say raise the bar, some say lower the bar. I say meet at the fucking bar. Like, what is wrong with you people? Isn't that how people used to do it? Like, they used to just go to a bar and meet people. Or, I mean, I guess I guess I shouldn't be such an advocate of drinking. <laughs> like, but boy, do boy do I love drinking. Uh, I do. I love it. I love it so much. But not as much as weed. Where are my weed smokers at? Yeah, smoking the pots. I love to smoke the pots. Hey, all right. That's exciting. We've got an audience tonight. We've got a great lineup. We're doing it. We're doing the jokes. We're clapping. We're doing the yucks. We're doing it. We're getting it. Oh, my God. There's pizza arriving. This is crazy. It's Zach Wiseman. How this is... I the. The pizza just arrived. There's ants on it, though. There's ants on the pizza, though. Those are my ants. Oh, okay. Those are his pet ants. We have Zach Wiseman here tonight, too. Oh, wow. Hey, there's no ants on the pizza. Are there ants on the pizza? There's ants on the pizza. It's okay. It's, it's, we can, extra protein. Yeah, but if you put them on top of the things, someone will probably want them. But the ants, it was a sweet, that was a very sweet gesture. Zach Wiseman, just a little spicy. Uh, I love weed. I love weed so much, but I mean, has anyone ever, has anyone else smoked so much weed that you forget how your shower works, like your own shower? Like you get in and you're like, hot, cold, which way? No, you forget. Have you done it? No? Okay, good, just me. I get in the shower and I, it's like Airbnb in my own home. I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> being at a hotel I've also I'm, I'm getting older and so when I get high and I'm in the shower I'm sometimes I'm afraid to close my eyes because I'm afraid that I'm gonna fall down like I don't I'm like I close my I'm like where am I reality is tenuous with me these days uh my boyfriend just left so I'll tell this joke because this embarrasses him so much I I've been trying to be the perfect girlfriend and um I kind of suck at it usually um but so I decided to um suck his cock while he was playing call of duty Right? Right now, before you award me like the best girlfriend ever, Sash, like, no, you don't have to do that. It's only like a seven minute game, so it's not that big of an investment, right? But like halfway through, he couldn't sustain his attentions adequately on both tasks. 
and he had to choose Call of Duty or Call of Booty. What, what would you choose? You don't know. Ah, see, you were, you're also torn. You're torn. He chose the first person shooter game. I just wanted him to shoot me in the face. The only person he wants to shoot in the face is a 12 year old boy who lives in Korea. Come on, you guys, let's get these campers. I'm like, what? Yeah. We are, we're so, we're so vanilla though. And we were like, I was like, talk dirty to me. This will be fun. And he's like, I don't know what to say. And I was like, put on the headset. Cause I hear what you say to those 12 year old boys in Korea. I'll put my gun in your pussy mouth and <laughs> say that to me. <laughs> That'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. Good. I'm glad he didn't. He's out there being effusive. That's good. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, we'll get it started. Uh, yeah, we'll get it going. Hell yeah. Uh, we usually sing a song first, and if you know it, sing along, and if you don't, you'll figure out how it goes. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. <laughs> I smoke a lot less now that I quit smoking. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! That's when you clap. Yay! Yay! That's how that works. I did, and actually, you guys can actually keep clapping for me for just one more thing. I just want to toot my own horn. I haven't had a cigarette in almost two weeks. I know. I know. I know. Thank you. I, I turned 44 this year, and I've been smoking for 22 years, and I just quit. I said it's enough. So I'm pretty fucking proud of myself. I haven't broken down and cried on the bus yet. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to bring up your first comedian of the night. Super excited that she's here from somewhere. Where are you from? Uh, from San Francisco. So San Francisco. Oh! I just haven't booked. I just haven't booked you before, but I'm excited that you're here, and uh, I'm super excited we get to hear all our jokes. Everybody, put your hands together for Alice Edelman. I just want to say congrats on going two weeks without a cigarette. I've gone two weeks without a chocolate donut. So like, it's really also a big accomplishment for me too. So we're in the same boat, honey. Um, I am Alice. It's nice to meet everyone. Um, I am half Japanese, half Jewish, in case you were trying to figure this out. Um, so yes, I am a Jap Jap. That's... Um, Japanese Jewish American princess, princess, if you couldn't figure that out. Um, but yeah, so I'm half Japanese, half Jewish, and uh, yes, in case you were wondering, World War II was a very difficult time for my family. Um, that phrase, that one time at camp, yeah. <laughs> very different meaning in my family dinner table, but yeah. Um, but uh, that's fine. So <laughs> I'm 26 years old. I'm trying to figure out like how to, I'm kind of at that weird transitional stage where I'm trying to figure out how to grow up, uh, trying to figure out how to like adult, you know? Um, so I should probably start with not using the word adult as a verb, but here we are. Um, but anyways, so I'm trying to figure out how to grow up, but I feel like it's really hard to 
figure out how to grow up in a place like San Francisco. Um, Cause everyone here is like so accomplished and like so smart. Um, and I'm like not, um, it's not that I'm dumb. It's that um, I don't like really keep up with the news or like keep up with current events, uh, but all my friends do. So I've kind of like had to learn how to fake it. Um, so I developed this trick and uh, here's the trick. So if you ever feel like you're at a bar and someone's talking to you and they're talking to you about all these like smart things and you're like, they're like one-upping you on like this smart stuff, here's what you do. You say the name of a country and then you act sad, right? Like let's say we're talking and you're like talking about all this smart stuff and you're like, oh, like, um, like, 401ks, uh, like Tesla, like stocks, whatever, right? Uh, here's what I do. I go, Yemen. It's like, what can we do? Works every time, I swear. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to go up. Um, the thing about, like people here, they're so accomplished, um, they work really hard, so it's hard, but um, they work really hard here. I work a lot, um, is what I say to people I don't wanna see very often. Um, <laughs> but no, for real, I do, I have a nine to five, I work for a small tech company. Um, I don't love it, um, but unfortunately, I can't quit, cause like, I've been there for like a couple years now and it's really hard to like train new people um, to like not expect anything from you. So it's like I can't start over. You know, it's like I've come this far. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, I'll never really be old enough to like be a good job reference for a friend um, without just like laughing a little bit on the other end of the phone. Right, um, like, I feel like it's because I'm not a very good liar, right? Like, uh, especially in like high intensity situations. So like, they'll be like, oh, like, uh, has Emily ever been convicted of a misdemeanor or a felony? And I'll be like, oh, well, not convicted. <laughs> and like, so it's like I get in these situations. But so I got to keep it vague, you know, and uh, so I don't have to lie. So I'll, I'll be like, oh, like she's so, oh yeah, she's so good at business. Like, she is the best business person we have. Like, she does business, like, five times a week. Like, so, uh, yeah, that's something I struggle with. But, um, yeah, so I'm trying to grow up, uh, trying to start, trying to drink less um, to, like, every other hour of the day, I feel like. That's a good start. Um, but, no, my mom sent me an article the other day that talked about, like, all the dangers of drinking and, like, all the bad stuff it can do to like your body and to your liver and like making fat and like all this stuff. So I was like, ah, okay, like no more reading. Um, but like, no, but like, no, really. It like, it talked about all these crazy fads, like all these college students were doing like um, butt chugging and um, vodka tampons and like alcohol eye drops and I was like oh my god like this is so fucked up like that I haven't heard about this till now like I've been doing this wrong this whole time like 
I can't believe that I'm just hearing about this until now, but, um, but yeah, so I'm trying to drink less, but like the problem is, is that, um, guys don't really like girls that don't drink. Like if you go to a bar and a guy buys you a dr like is like can I buy you a drink and uh, you're like oh no I'm not drinking like it throws off their game so like they don't know what to do and they kind of like freak out a little bit so I always have to like reassure them and be like no it's fine don't worry like I'll still make bad decisions <laughs> like don't worry like you've got this like unfortunately for me you're good in this situation um but no so yeah so i've been trying to um grow up uh i've noticed as i grow up i'm going out less um and that's because you know when you're like younger when you you love to go out because you're like oh i love to go out because you're in public and people might see you and like you might meet someone um, but as you grow older, you're like, oh, I hate going out because you're in public and people might see you and you might meet someone. You're like, oh, it's like it's such a difficult situation. Um, but no, I do really feel like I'm coming to that age in which I would like to settle down. I'm tired of being single. I would like to meet that special someone, you know, because like um, I look at my grandparents and like they're my idols, you know, like I look at them. And they've been married for like 50 years to like three different people. But it's still like, I love that for myself. It's beautiful. I would love that. Um, but no, dating's so hard. I recently um, got out of a relationship and uh, with this guy. And uh, he, was, he was like the worst, first of all. Like he was like, he was like one of those guys. He would always cry after sex that I would have with other people. So it's like, who, it's like, who does that? You know, it's like, um, no, no, but he really was the worst. He was like, um, he was like a white guy from Connecticut. Like he was super, super waspy. Like he was like, so, I know you think everyone from Connecticut is waspy, but he was like really waspy. Like he was like one of those people who would say things like, I need to go to the store to pick up more pocket squares. It's like, who says that? It's like, no one does. Um, but no, so you know how you like look back on a relationship and like you see all the red flags that you should have seen at the time? Um, okay, so this is one of those situations. So he was like from one of those super waspy families and if you're one from one of those waspy families, it's like inevitable you're from a really fucked up family. That's just like how it is. And uh, his family was exactly like that. His mom was this like gorgeous Swedish supermodel. Like she was so beautiful. Like she was like tall, beautiful, super thin, like so thin you could like scoop guacamole like out of her collarbone. Like she was one of those. But, um, oh God. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so she, um, married her first husband, who was his dad, and uh, he was like a successful like art dealer in the Hamptons. And uh, she cheated on him and ran off with a uh, even more successful like commercial state real commercial whatever real estate something or other in Connecticut, right? Married that guy. Then she d cheated on him and ran off with some even like richer like lawyer something or other in New York. 
all this is while all while I was dating this guy. So I was like, oh my God, I was watching this whole thing and I was like, oh my God, like that's so fucked up. Like that I don't know what your secret is. It's like, wh what am I doing wrong? It's like, you've had three rich husbands. I've had zero. I'm stuck with pocket square guy. It's like, what the fuck? This is so rude. So anyways, um, <laughs> um, so anyway, yes. Um, so I've been dating. Uh, it's not going well. Um, I tried like the whole like dating app thing. Uh, it's not my like scene. I prefer like the old fashioned way, you know, just like praying. Um, uh, my form of picking up men is the same technique that old people use um, to like avoid disease, just like hope for the best. Um, just like cross your fingers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but I was supposed to go on this date a couple weeks ago. Oh, well, first of all, I feel like I feel like the reason why it's so hard to date is that guys um, treat women so poorly. Just there are so many crappy guys in this world. Um, I feel like guys treat women the way I would treat a dog that I see on the sidewalk, like. I don't want to take you home or like take care of you in like any way. Like I just want to like pet you and like touch you for like a little bit. <laughs> and like maybe if you're lucky I'll like play some games. It's like it's like that's the reality that we live in. Um, no, but so I was supposed to go on this date. This is an example. I was supposed to go on a date with this guy a couple weeks ago. And uh, first of all, it was a setup. And uh, I don't know how you all feel about setups, but I'm not a huge fan because uh, I find it's just a way for you to find out that your friends don't think you're as attractive as like you think you are. Um, it's like a face-to-face -face, like <laughs> confrontation, which is like how ugly the rest of the world perceives you as. It's like this is it. All right, uh, that sucks. Um, but anyway, so I was supposed to go on this date with this guy, and uh, we'd been texting, and then. Uh, the dead comes, and we had like a place and a time and a uh, place and a time and a day and a time date and a whatever, <laughs> whatever all the details are. We had everything planned out, and the day comes, and I just like didn't hear from him all day. I know, so I texted him, and I was like, "Hey, are we still on for tonight?" <laughs> and I was like, "What's going on?" Nothing. I oh, know, I oh, know. So I just didn't hear from him ever again. Like, ever again. Ever again. Like, I texted him, I was like, what's going on? The next day, nothing, nothing, ever again. Yeah. It really blew. Like, that really sucked. It was a huge blow to the ego. Um, but I think that the hardest part about that for me was just like, not knowing how he died. And that's, and that's my time. Thanks, everyone. Alice Edelman, everyone. Hooray. I like that. Uh, knock, knock. Who's 
feminism. And get my own door. Thank you. I think it's the precept of feminism. I'm not sure how feminism works. I think you have to read books about that to know what's going on. That was great. That was really funny. Yay, Alice, yay! <laughs> the jab, jab. That was really cute. <laughs> Sorry, I really enjoyed that. Uh, your next comedian is a really funny guy. He runs the comedy uh, Oakland in it, the Spice Monkey, and he has all kinds of shows there at the Spice Monkey in Oakland. Really great shows, and uh, you, you should go see one. But you get to see him right now. Clap your hands wildly for Ira Summer. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, this is great to be here at Mutiny Radio. This is my big break. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. This may lead to exciting things like becoming, I don't know, somebody may ask me to be Howie Mandel's body double. Or, uh, yeah. I don't know, Dr. Evil's accountant. Something exciting. I, uh, but until that day, until that day, I still have a day job. Uh, last couple of years, I've been working in tech. Uh, it's good for everybody. It's taking me outside my comfort zone, getting me places I would never go, and they get to say they actually have a real adult on staff. So, good for everybody. I, uh, now, I've been doing all sorts of things. It's um, going around traveling, going to places I would never have gone otherwise. Uh, this year alone, I got to go to Stockton. Oh yeah. I thought I'd live my whole life without doing that. Apparently not. Uh, now all sorts of places. Uh, last month, last month I went to Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas, and I am driving to a meeting, and I saw, I saw a strip mall that had a Whole Foods next to a Waffle House, and in my head I'm going, just drive on by, nothing to see here, nothing to see here, but no, I couldn't. I had to go. I had to see what's going on. Uh, I got to find out who these people are who eat at the Waffle House and then go shopping at Whole Foods. Because we don't have people like that in the Bay Area. Uh, if you're not from the South, you may not realize the Waffle House is a less health-conscious version of Denny's. It is, it is a place for everyone, everybody. It does not matter. It is a welcoming place. It doesn't matter if you're a black man or a white woman or a Jew that looks like a Nazi. Everybody, everybody is welcome at the Waffle House. And nobody judges you. You can eat whatever you want. Maybe it's waffles. Maybe it's not. Maybe you want to eat ham and bacon, all smothered in onions and gravy on top of deep fried potatoes. Go ahead. Life is short, especially for people who eat at the Waffle House. But I want to know, I want to know who finishes, who finishes a meal like that and then thinks to themselves, oh, I should walk over to Whole Foods and pick up an organic orange that costs more than that entire meal. Who's doing that? Those seem like different people to me. Those are different people. No, the Waffle House. The Waffle House is your classic don't ask, don't tell restaurant. Nobody wants to know what's in the food. You're saying that's a pig? I'm good. I'm good. Whatever you say, that's good for me. Nobody, nobody in the Waffle House. You don't see people in the Waffle House taking selfies. Oh yeah, look at me. Hashtag, look at me, alone again at the Waffle House. Yeah, hashtag rock bottom. No, you don't see that. Nobody's posting pictures like that. But Whole Foods, oh, they're proud to go to Whole Foods. People at Whole Foods, they want to know everything. These chickens. 
Are they from around here? Were they happy? I need to know. Oh, these chickens? These chickens are from Walnut Creek. Oh yeah, they grew up in a big house with a huge yard where they got to run around all day, all day. Every morning, every morning, Montessori school children would sing to them. These were happy children. We fed them no antibiotics, none at all. Just gave them a little bit of Ritalin to keep them focused every morning. And they grew up, they were champions, they were successful. These are the best of the best. So we killed them. You can eat them now. Whole Foods, it was frightening, it was frightening. I needed a Diet Coke. I'm walking through, looking for a Diet Coke. Aisle after aisle of LaCroix, past people with fedoras, thin jeans. I just, oh God, no, it is frightening. I make a wrong turn. Suddenly, I'm in the potion shop at Diagon Alley. I'm not really sure how this happened. Little kid pointing over going, oh my God, Voldemort shop's here. I wonder if we, no. I thought it was a safe space, but no, I had to get out. I had to get out. Got out of Whole Foods and I noticed right next to the Waffle House was a Planet Fitness. Now, I don't know if any of you are members of Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness is another gym. Planet Fitness is a gym for the people who eat at the Waffle House. Most gyms, most gyms want beautiful people. They want beautiful people. They want people who work out, people who are intense, people who want to be cut, people going on keto diets, cutting out their carbs. And I get it. I get it. If I cut out all my carbs, I'd be pissed all the time too. I understand that. But no, no, not Planet Fitness. That's different. Planet Fitness is a no judgment gym. I walked in and I saw the trainers are outside smoking. I'm coming in, I'm thinking, oh, this is a place, it's a place, again, anybody's welcome to Planet Fitness. You want to feel better for yourself, you go into a Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, I'm a nine. Ah, oh, you want, everybody's beautiful at Planet Fitness. I go in there and I see a man on the exercise bike wearing a helmet. I'm thinking, I can do this. I can do this. No, if you want to work, if you want, if you want to go to the gym more often, not work out, just go to the gym more often. Planet Fitness is the place for you. It is. They've got candy at the front desk. Candy at the front desk. Yeah. Come on in. Welcome to Planet Fitness. Have some candy. You can go home now. Yeah, Monday nights. Monday nights, they serve pizza. Pizza at the gym. Yeah, come on in. Welcome to Planet Fitness. Ooh, that's two days in a row for you. You can go home now. Yeah, they've got the Food Network up on the TV screens. Yeah, come on in. Welcome to Planet Fitness. Let's see how you got out of shape. It's a no judgment gym. It's a no judgment gym. Anybody's supposed to be able to do it. Yeah, but some people, some people are okay with that. You look at them and you go, clearly, they're working out like nobody's looking. Other people, not so good. No, they're staring at me with a look like you've got. A look that says, why is Vin Diesel's father sweating all over the ellipticals? It's not nice, because I'm just trying to be a better me. I'm just trying to be a better me. I used to belong to those fancy gyms. I know, I know, the secret to looking beautiful is genetics. Uh, I tried getting better parents. It's too late for me. But the next best thing, the next best thing, the next best thing, you get your heart rate up. You get your heart rate to a high level. You keep the heart rate up all the time. And my secret, my secret when I'm on the ellipticals, get my heart rate up, is I watch the news. 
Oh, God, there's no better time to get your heart racing than now. Exciting things going on. It doesn't matter. Every day, something different. Our president's going through national security advisors like the Defense for the Dark Arts instructors. Oh, this is a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be alive. And I've got to. I've got to work out. i got to work out. Uh, I am older than everybody in this fucking room. Um, <laughs> my kids are older than you. Um, actually, my... <laughs> Now, my, uh, my, I, sh- I should probably announce my youngest son. My youngest son recently got engaged. Okay. Some of you are happy. The rest of you must have already been married. Okay. I get that. It is. No, I'm excited. I am excited for him. It is, it is great news. I'm torn in a couple ways because marriage is tough. Marriage is really tough. He thinks, I got this. They've been going together for seven years now. But things change when you get married. I got married when I was 24. And I thought, I knew this. Suddenly... I found out that yes and no questions no longer had two possible answers. No, she would ask a question like, do you want to go to my parents' house this weekend? I still thought it was yes or no. No, turns out, no, it's not anymore. Ah, no, it turns out once you get married, everything's your fault. Global warming, that's me. (laughs) So, now, marriage is up. It gets better after a while. You learn what to do. You figure the whole thing out. First few years were really rough. Actually, the last 10 years have been phenomenal. The 10 years since my divorce have been the happiest, happiest years uh, since I got married. So that's all great. My younger son, when he got engaged, uh, he had one request of me. He asked me not to post it on Facebook. He didn't want it going on the social media. So instead, I'm announcing it at every show. (laughs) Here we are, Mutiny Radio. My son, Eric, is engaged to Lucy. Uh, (laughs) It's exciting. uh, first person, first person I had to inform about the whole thing was my mom. Uh, my mom is 83, uh, the age when all Jews have to move to either Florida or Arizona. And um, yeah, now so a couple years ago, she moved down to Arizona to one of those senior communities where they spend all day trading racist stories and conspiracy theories. And she, no, she's excited. She is happy. She has found her people. They are happy. Uh, I am, I am a little ashamed to say I have not gone down to visit. Um, trips to the desert have historically not gone well for my people. And I don't want to fall for that again. So, uh, but I call, I call all the time. I call all the time. I want to hear what she has to say, how she's doing. She wants to tell me about the latest thing that the mainstream media doesn't want you to know. Something different. Last month, last month, all the retirees were concerned. They found out that the Mormons were stealing their jobs. Nothing. MSMDC, not a word. Because the Mormons are sneaky, stealing jobs from retirees. Nobody notices. Oh, we've got one child who was not left behind. Okay. That's nice to see. So, now, this past weekend, this past weekend was good. Uh, well, I'm calling. I'm seeing how she's doing. She said she found out the reason I'm doing comedy now is because I was vaccinated as a child. And her friend told her that vaccines make people artistic. The more you know, the more you know. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of exciting stuff going on. Um, now trying, to get, trying to get better shape, uh, like anybody else who's doing comedy. I am trying to date. Because um, comedy is not good for relationships. It's not. Now, I, I meet women. They want to go out with me because I laugh at everything. 
and then they break up with me because I laugh at everything. <laughs> so you got to try and do different things. And the thing is, I, you know, I was married for 22 years. Uh, I know a lot of people in California like to continue dating while they're married. I took time off. And uh, so I came back and it's a different world. It's a different world. Turns out dating no longer involves making mixtapes. Uh, there is, it's different. It is different. And I'm working, I'm working with these kids who are trying to give me millennial dating advice. They think I should go online. Uh, I'm a realist. I know that this look is not an impulse buy. It's not. It's, uh, no, they want me to find an online dating site. And some of these, some of these find, you find your people. But I'm not, I'm not a farmer's only person. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking to find a hoe with a hoe. That is not my thing. You got to try other stuff. Um, but there are, there are apps. Apps are good. I found an app that works for me. I don't know if any of you are using it. Uh, it's called Uber. Um, oh, it's great. Now I found my last girlfriend on Uber. Uh, no, we matched. Uh, she was my driver. Uh, 82, 82 Honda Civic. Oh God, a Jersey boy's dream. Oh, uh, you cannot, no, you can fit three bodies in that trunk. That car is amazing. Car pulls up. I'm excited. We start laughing. We start talking. Turns out she's from New Jersey. We're having a good time. She puts away the gun. She drops me off at work. And no, it's great. It's great. I think I want to, I want to talk to the people I work with. I want to, I want to get their dating advice. So I mentioned it to one of the kids I work with. His name's Jordan. Actually, all the kids I work with, their names are Jordan. And uh, no, Jordan's excited. Jordan wants to give me as much wisdom as a 23-year-old can. <laughs> and he's going, dude, dude, she's into you. You got to send her a dick pic. <clears throat> That's the moment that I realized that the millennials are the final generation on this planet. <laughs> Oh, there's nobody to save the planet for. Don't bother recycling anymore. Oh. No, but no, I did not. I did not take a dick pic. I've never actually taken a dick pic. I'm trying to explain this to Jordan. And he starts looking all hurt. He is. He's offended. I've triggered something. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's going, he's going, dude, you've never taken a dick pic? Not even when you were our age. <laughs> I don't know how they feed themselves. I really don't. No, I'm looking at him and I'm going, brah, do you have any idea how hard it was to send a dick pic when I was your age? No, it's not like you could just grab the phone off the wall and rotary dial it out to somebody. No, no, you had to have a camera. Right, right. Then you had to, then you, you want to do the comedy or should I? It's, you haven't even seen cameras at your age. When I was, I have a camera older than you. <laughs> no, you had to have a camera. You had to get the right kind of film. Something that takes into account the lighting and the contrast. Yeah, then you had to find somebody to take the picture, right? Because we don't take selfies. Now, I'm part of a generation that was raised to believe that if you cannot find somebody to take a picture of you, nobody wants to see that picture. 
Then you do your little photo shoot and you send them in to be developed. And you wait a couple weeks. And that's when the police come knocking at your door. Anyway, you guys have been a great crowd. That's my time. Let's bring it back to Pam. And then yay, you have these two moles on your face that make it make you look really fucking legit, like you're in a gang, like you killed someone. And you know like when people get tattoos of teardrops on their face, that's because they killed someone in jail? You look like you're like, it's been two homies. You didn't, no one's ever said that you look like you looked at, it's okay, anyways, if you have two tears, teardrops, you could darken them up a little bit and then people, they'd be scary, they'd be scared of you. Thanks, dude. Oh, he's coming back. Yay. Hey, well, he better come back because your next comedian is sitting in there with his sunglasses on. He is so funny. And he's wearing like a suit for you guys. He dressed up for you. I I really, I love your next comedian. He's a really, really, really funny guy. He's one of my favorite comics in San Francisco. Oh, you guys are going to go. Okay, bye. No, it's all good. Get out. Thanks. <laughs> he's a really funny guy. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Zach Wiseman. fuck out of here so do you guys know why Boeing 746 was afraid of Boeing 747 because Boeing 747 89911 ah <laughs> so, <laughs> it's my my 8th grader 911 joke <laughs> kids don't get it but they love it I don't know So I was in Oakland uh, recently, and uh, I got to see the police. I uh, just beat the fuck out of some homeless black dude uh, while, while yelling, quit resisting arrest, quit resisting. And I, it's always a pleasure to see that, you know, that little fucking paradox they throw at people. Uh, but I, I misheard them. I thought they said, uh, quit racisting arrest. And I was like, what? No, you guys are racisting. He's resisting racisting. I just have bad ears. I get confused by things. I found out recently, though, uh, actually, if you uh, just tell people that you're racist, they will overlook all of your other personality flaws. <laughs> Every single one. Doesn't matter if you don't shower or do the dishes or fucking anything. I'm tired of John not doing the dishes. You know John's racist. Oh, well, of course that piece of shit doesn't do the dishes. Fucking racist asshole. <laughs> You know, I'm just saying, if you're tired of people getting angry at you about anything, you can just uh, divert that anger to be racism, you know? You just fucking, I'm tired of being the stinky guy. I want to be the racist guy for a while. But there are worse things uh, you could be than a racist, you know? Like, you could be a racist and live your whole life without hurting anybody's feelings at all. You just stay in your basement with all your guns because you're a coward, you know what I mean? Like you can't you can't do that with arson. You can't be an arsonist that just stays at home and doesn't do arson. You know you have to do arson to be an arsonist. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. Just gotta. <sighs> so I think God's uh, gross. That guy's a fucking weirdo. Did you guys know that uh, marriage is consent to let God watch you fuck? Did you know that? It's fucking creepy, man. These, this nice couple is united in holy matrimony under the eyes of our Lord. Now you can fuck. And you're like, what? Why? 
That's why he w- makes you wait till marriage so you can watch all of it, you know? It's gross. I don't condone it. He's a fucking weirdo. Uh, okay, God, Jesus is the son of God, but he's also like kind of God. It's like a weird, it's like a I'm my own grandpa kind of situation, <laughs> right? And so what God did was he put himself in, into a virgin womb so he could just come out of a virgin vagina. That's creepy as shit. That is the weirdest sexual fetish I ever heard of in my life, and I don't, I don't agree with it at all. I'm not for it. People have weak-ass gods, too. They'll be like, keep God out of schools. And you're like, you can do that? <laughs> like, God shows up to school, and you're like, God, you heard what we said about the schools. He's like, aw, aw, I want to go to school. <laughs> Jesus, get a new fucking God. Get a God who's not going to be, like, offended if somebody fucking says stuff about him. Like, if you have to defend your God, get a new fucking God. Don't talk to me about my God. It hurts his feelings. Fucking pathetic. I'm going to get a God with, like, fucking super strength and fucking doesn't get hurt by getting called names. That's what I want. A fucking real tough guy God. <laughs> So how many calories do you guys think are in a baby? <laughs> Seriously, how many calories? Like a one-year... Okay. How much does a one-year-old baby weigh? Just for like frame of reference. Eight pounds? Eight pounds? That's birth, right? Oh. <laughs> 25 pounds? Okay, okay, okay. Wait, so what's the consensus? Like 25 pounds we're going to go? Okay, I'm gonna I'll knock it down a little bit for the people that twenty pounds. It's a twenty pound baby. Eight pounds. Eight. That's a birth baby. I weighed eight pounds and I'm tiny. Oh, year old. What age? One year. One year. One year old. Okay. One year. Okay. Twenty pounds. Okay. Twenty pounds. And then what? Like the because they're not like they're not all meat. You know, some of that is bones and bones don't have calories, right? Okay. Mostly fat. Mostly fat. Fat. High calorie. What's a comparable meat to baby? What is it? Uh, pork. Like pork. Pork. Okay. How many calories are in a pound of pork? Does anybody? Yeah. Okay. I, I buy it. Okay. Uh, Three thousand uh, in a twenty-pound baby. That's uh, thirty thousand. Six. Sixty thousand. What's that? Um, well, I'm not eating. That's disgusting. I'm not going to eat a fucking baby. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, what I'm trying to figure out is uh, how long one baby could survive of eating one other baby. <laughs> you know? So, just for like, I'm trying to save babies' lives here. Like, okay, say there's a plane, right? And it crashes on this deserted island. Everybody dies but two babies, like twins, right? Same size babies. How long does that? Ba- how long can that baby live on feeding that other baby? You know, so we can ha- know how long to rescue. Oh fuck! <sighs> These babies are all gonna die. They're not. We don't know how long they're gonna live. Okay, so sixty thousand calories, right? Uh, how many calories does a baby need to eat a day to survive? Not. What do you mean a lot? Shut up. This guy's a fucking liar. He's a fucking liar. I don't trust him. 
This man is anti-baby. Three thousand. That's what a. That's what Michael Phelps eats. What is he just eating pancakes all day? That's ridiculous. I would say a baby needs fucking a hundred and fifty. Ca- they don't like eating babies. I guess I don't know. Weird people. I don't like them anyway. Okay. I think I should move on. What do you guys want to hear your jokes about? You guys like jokes about school shootings? Does that sound good to you guys? I hate jokes about school shootings. I think they're distasteful and they're reprehensible. Uh, but I was in one. It was kind of fun. Uh, I was in a school shooting and, you know, it seems like it's all bad. Like, it's not going to be a good day and stuff, but, like, there are good things about being in a school shooting. Like, if you're in a school shooting, you can, like, uh, chew gum. You can, like, run in the halls. You know, like, as long as you're shooting people, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Not shooting people, you can do whatever. Well, I guess even if you are shooting people, you can do whatever the fuck you want, you know? It's just a free day for everybody. <laughs> like, if you're fleeing past the cafeteria, grab an extra sloppy joe. You, you earned it. So I was in a school shooting. Uh, this, uh, this kid I knew uh, came to school with a shotgun, and he shot this other kid I knew in his uh, tummy tum. And I say tummy tum because that's the funniest word for belly. It's kind of a heavy story, you know. So he's right in his tummy tum. Uh, and then the principal, being the wise, learned man that he was, grabbed a bat and tried to stop him. Uh, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the phrase, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Also applies to bats. 100% also applies to... He didn't stop a goddamn thing. I don't even know what his strategy was. He's like, all right, if he, if he pulls the trigger, I'll just bat the buckshot back at him. I, I played fucking baseball in college. I, I got it. No, nothing. Nope. He died immediately. Uh, and I learned something that day. I learned that if you are in a school shooting, you get a Super Nintendo. <laughs> you eat pizza every night for a month. That is the limit to your parents' empathy. Get your grades up, you piece of shit. Maybe too real. I don't know. People tell me uh, that that's disgusting. I shouldn't do jokes like that. And school shootings aren't funny. School shootings can't be funny. And anything can be funny. Like, just by virtue of you saying... It can't be funny. It's kind of... F- you ever uh, say, uh, give somebody a nickname? You're like, hey, hey John, you old, old sloppy fingers. Hey, I call him sloppy fingers. And John's like, don't call me sloppy fingers. And now everybody thinks it's hilarious to call John sloppy fingers. He's sloppy fingers forever. And it's only because he said, don't call me sloppy fingers. <laughs> if you'd have been like, hey, I like that. And they'd be like, well, that's not fun. Just by... Ver- like... Maybe things aren't funny to you uh, because you have a shit sense of humor. You know what I mean? Now you play baseball, you're like, you can't hit a curveball. No, you can't hit a curveball. Back to the minors, chump. I can hit curveballs all day. Fucking piece of shit. Also, uh, humor, very good coping mechanism. You know, so anytime you tell somebody uh, that some of their experiences can't be funny, what you're saying is, hey, you can't cope with life. Stop it. Let it crush you. Cry more. Fuck all that shit. 
I was uh, I was doing uh, suicide jokes uh, one night. I was just like a lot of suicide jokes, like too many, you know, objectively way too many suicide jokes. Uh, and uh, like ten minutes in, this lady from the back of the room, she's like real frantic. She's like, "Stop! Change the subject! Stop it!" And I was like, "No, <laughs> fucking no way." <laughs> What are these suicide jokes making you uncomfortable, lady? When do you think I write them? You think I'm on a blimp eating caviar? Like, hmm, I thought of a new way to kill myself. No, it's, it's when I'm sitting around thinking about killing myself, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. That'd be really, yeah. I should hang myself underwater. That's, that's pretty good. And she's probably, you know, she's probably mad because, like, someone she knew, like, killed themselves. That's probably it, you know? Uh... But maybe if she's more comfortable, you know, like being in a room where jokes about suicide are being told, or moreover, like talking to somebody about suicide, all humor taken out of that, maybe then uh, they they wouldn't have killed themselves because they had somebody to talk to, you know? You fucking coward. Talk to your fucking Jesus Christ, idiots. No, just fucking, let's ignore everything and then just let it fucking build until people kill themselves. Yeah, that's a fucking great plan. Fucking assholes. Don't be cowards. Fucking talk about... Make jokes about suicide. You know who doesn't uh, get mad about jokes about suicide? You know who doesn't get mad at that? Suicidal people. They're like, yeah, that's funny. Fuck. Also, nobody is putting off killing themselves uh, because they just can't find the humor in it. You know? Like, I'm not driving anybody to suicide. They're like, man, I would kill myself. I just don't see how it's funny. To go to a show and they're like, ah, that guy really cleared up for me. I'm doing it tonight. That's fucking. So I do talk to people about suicide. If anybody uh, ever feels about feels like killing themselves, you can say whatever you want to me, and I will not talk you out of it at all. Cause that's fucking that's real condescending, you know. If I don't know somebody, they're like, I think about killing myself. You're like, well, you shouldn't do it, cause I mean, what if they have a shit life? What if they go home and get raped and beaten every night? You know, what's that? Fucking kill yourself. If you can't get out of it, fucking kill yourself. Don't subject yourself to that shit. So I'm not, I'm not going to talk anybody out of it, you know? I'll just be like, hey, so how are you going to do it? And uh, this guy came up to me one night. He's like, Zach, I'm doing it. I'm going to kill myself. And I was like, oh, yeah, how? He's like, well, I got this bottle of pills. I'm going to eat all these pills. Uh, I'm listening to my favorite song until I go unconscious and die. I was like, really? You're going to fucking do that tonight? He's like, yep. And I was like, have you ever tried heroin? And he said, no. So I gave him half of the heroin I had on me. You know, I was like, if you're going to kill yourself, at least do some heroin first. I mean, you literally have nothing to lose right now. <laughs> like, if you're suicidal, you kind of gain a superpower. You know, like, nothing can stop me. Your words don't hurt anymore. I'm killing myself, you know. Uh, so I gave him half of the heroin I had on my person. And uh, that man is alive today. Huh? <laughs> Saved his life through heroin. Praise be heroin. All things are possible through heroin. <sighs> so he's a junkie. Uh, I don't know if his parents are mad at me or not. I don't really care. No, that's not true. He's not even junkie. You know, heroin is not uh, as bad as they say. You can do heroin for like probably a month straight and suffer like minor withdrawals. So, you know, dig in, guys. It's fucking... <laughs> it's not the fucking evil shit. Drugs aren't even the problem, you know? Drugs are not the actual problem. The problem is people aren't fucking happy, you know? Like, nobody's living a great life, you know, like, on a blimp eating caviar. Like, I should try heroin. 
because they're fucking miserable. They don't have any friends or fucking whatever. I'm like, well, fuck it, man. I'll just do drugs. I don't give a shit. Nobody gives a shit. I don't give a shit. Fuck it. Because there's no uh, community anymore. Nobody. Uh... Did you know uh, there, there's, a, there's a poll and they ask people, uh, if there's a crisis in your life, how many people could you call about that crisis? And like 20 years ago, the most common answer was five people. And currently, uh, last time I did this study, like a year ago or something like that, uh, the most common answer was zero people. <laughs> Holy fuck. Nobody? That's the most. Jesus Christ. Get off the internet. Meet your neighbor or some shit. Or kill yourself. Yeah, fucking. It doesn't seem like, I mean, the trend is you're, get, you're getting, everybody's getting less people that care about them, so. I mean, you could always just hold out for global warming, I guess. I don't know how. <coughs> so how are you guys going to kill yourselves? Huh? Mm. That's not a suicide, dude. It's not a suicide. Uh, what, are you guys going to live your whole lives like fucking cowards? This is the whole goddamn thing? Jesus. Arsenic in a hot tub. Oh. Why? Relax. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what's our is that rat poison? Doesn't that like make you season shit? Yeah, it's pretty violent death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna sit in this hot tub and writhe around while I vomit all over myself. <laughs> That's alright, I get it, yeah. It's cool. I think a great way to kill yourself uh, would be to uh, cut your wrists on a roller coaster. You know? Nice and deep. Down the street, not across the road. A real fucking sprayer, you know? Just for that, uh, just for that picture at the end, you know? <laughs> Making fucking memories that day. Happy 15th, Tommy! <laughs> Look, we can't get you a car next year, but it will be a better birthday. I can I guarantee that right now. I think another great way to kill yourself would be to uh, hang yourself from helium balloons. You know, you just float through the city. Just <laughs> <laughs> Grand old times. Wherever the wind takes you. Maybe it caught in a propeller plane or something, you know? I think another great way to kill yourself... I don't think about this ever. No, I think about it all the time. No, there's no other good ways. There's none. I heard this one. Uh, this is a real suicide. And uh, I probably respect this person more than 99% of people who have ever existed. So this guy, uh, he got in his car. He drove uh, to an intersection. And he got out of his car. And he tied a chain to his bumper. Wrapped it around a light pole. And then put it around his neck. And got back in the car. And drove away. <laughs> Holy fuck, that's amazing. He just took his goddamn head off and then probably crashed into some shit. That's commitment, you know what I mean? You gotta, like, plan a little bit. That's not an impulsive fucking, yeah, I'm done. He's like, all right, this is gonna be great. <laughs> I, I, it was in another city. I don't know uh, the intersection he chose, but I'm guessing it was a good one, you know what I mean? I was taking Bart the other day, and I thought, 
instead of like jumping, just jumping in front of the train, uh, you should just like right where the train comes into the station area, right in the tunnel, you should just lay down and put your neck right over the, the edge and just like really tuck it down. So when the train comes, it would just take your head off and you're just, your neck blood would just smear across the train as everybody, you know? And you get the whole goddamn train because it's coming right out there. Everybody just fucking, oh man, it'd be real good. <laughs> I'm all for ruining people's days. I mean, if you're going to kill yourself, fuck them, you know? Fuck that. Your day's ruined. Fuck them. I do. I like to, uh, I like to get on the bus during rush hour. Uh, just like shoulder to shoulder, you know, just business people getting off work and, you know, nice older professional people. And then I'll just, uh, pull out some tinfoil and just start freebasing heroin. <laughs> And it's fucking amazing. Nobody ever one time has told me to stop. <laughs> they just look at the ceiling like goddamn cowards. These are fucking professionals that have like mortgages and kids and shit. And they're terrified of a tiny man smoking heroin. It's very entertaining to me. I love it more than most things. All right, big closer. All right. Uh So I'm at this bar one night, and uh, I'm dressed nice. I dress nice with all these clothes I found on the ground, so I'm wearing uh, some nice clothes. And uh, this guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, are you wearing a pink shirt? Are you gay? Are you some guy a queer? Hey, this guy's a queer. He's wearing a pink shirt. He's queer. And I'm like, this guy's a fucking moron. He thinks I'm gay because I wear a pink shirt. That's fucking ridiculous. I was like, no, dude. I'm gay because I love cocks. Because I want to devour all the cocks until I pass out from exhaustion. Whereas I have a dream that I'm strolling through a forest of dicks with a picnic basket, but there's no food in the picnic basket. It's full of dildos and lube, right? And I come across a clearing where there's a bear trying to flip over a car made of licorice. Because fucking dreams. I don't know how that shit works, right? <laughs> But I help him, I help this bear flip over this licorice car, and in return, he just starts fucking me in the ass. Just this giant bear cock just ramming me in the ass, like two foot of bear cock, just balls deep in my ass, right? And his family comes out and they're like critiquing hip movement and eating porridge and shit. I don't know, man, dreams, right? Uh, anyway, bear's fucking me in the ass, and then he just starts coming in my ass, like lots of cum, like fucking lots of bear cum. Like so much bear cum that I start vomiting bear cum, right? Well, it's like uh, bile and feces, and then, and then bear cum, because that's how your gastrointestinal system works, right? So I, I start vomiting this bear cum, just like gallons of fucking bear cum, and this turns me on so much that I start coming. But I'm so full of a bear cum by this point in time that I'm coming bear cum from my dick. That's how fucking just full of bear cum I am. And I wake up and I rub one out because that's a great dream, right? <laughs> and none of that has anything to do with shirt colors, you know? All right, guys, have a good night. Disturbingly wonderful. I love it. So bizarre. We have uh, one last comic for you, and he is awesome. He has a show here at Mutiny Radio on Sundays called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. You get to watch it with your last comedian of the night, Mike Spiegelman. Yay! Uh, thank you so much for coming. I've, you met me up front there, and... Uh, Let's give it up for Zach and the whole show and every type of... I wrote some jokes about puppies and unicorns. I think that's fair after hearing about Zach's act. 
what what particular part of the act the act and then uh this whole thing. so i actually you guys i'm taking pam's advice so i have a couple puppies jokes and uh well my favorite dog is eddie from fraser right what adorable he's a great dog you know and uh <laughs> alcoholic by the way the whole set smelled like dog food and vodka and uh, but it was, he was a working alcoholic, and uh, he was in the movie The Artist. Did you ever see that Oscar-winning movie? It's it's a modern-day silent film, and he really loved that role because he didn't have to bark at all. It really helped us. You know, he was old at that point. So that's my puppy joke. Thank you very much. I read about uh, I read about his alcoholism in this great tell-all book called Hollywood Dogs That Drink. Have you Have you read it? It's the Hollywood Babylon of dog books. Well, not only did Eddie from Fraser was a big drunk, uh, Lassie was a classic, classic uh, uh, silent, angry drunk. And I don't know if you guys know this story, uh, but at, on Hollywood Boulevard at the Famosa Bar, Lassie had his own booth. And one night, Lassie was sitting in his booth and he was drinking. And uh, the phone rings, and the bartender picks it up, and he's like, yeah? Oh, Lassie's not here. Uh-huh. I'll take a message. All right. And the bartender turns to Lassie. He said, Lassie, that's your family. They want you to come home. Come home, Lassie. You know who the opposite? Uh, this is all from Hollywood Dogs Who Drink book. Uh, was a terrible... Uh, uh, drunk. The opposite of Lassie was Beethoven. He was a outgoing drunk, right? Real asshole. You guys know Beethoven? He sprayed that Charles Grodin's bed. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Beethoven. He's like, Beethoven! It was all slow motion. Well, he was like aggressive. He would go up at parties, he would smack your drink out of your hand. He's like, I'm Beethoven! Ba 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 ba! So uh, that's my puppy jokes. Uh, unicorn jokes? A uh, unicorn walks into a bar in San Francisco, and the unicorn says, listen, I've been around the world, and I've been to every bar, and San Francisco has the best bars, and I'm going to celebrate by giving you your heart's desire. And right at that moment, like techno music started playing, like dry ice foam was coming out, and uh, $100 bills started raining from the sky, and the, the ground was crunchy with gold coins, and uh, there was like himbos and bimbos, and uh, he, the unicorn from the left hoof like shot out rails of coke, and from the right hoof from his ass came out like joints, of just like weed, not like indica or sativa. It was like really good weed. And he said, this is for you, Frisco. Oh. And the bartender says, don't call it Frisco. Get out of my bar. That's my unicorn joke. I wrote some other jokes. I, I was really psyched to do a set at a dispensary last night, and they canceled it. So I did the next best thing, Civic Center platform. <laughs> The Bart, the guys right, Bart? That place is great. They have uh, video screens when you walk into the entrance now, so you can see who's shooting up. You'd be like, hey, Charles. <laughs> All right, I didn't, I didn't mean to go that way. Uh, I brought my notes. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, I keep my joke book on stage. Uh, in case during my set I uh, actually think of a joke, I could write it down. <laughs> what a relief. Uh, it's a real dream to be here. Last night I dreamt I was here. 
you don't believe me, read my dream journal. Don't read my dream journal. Very personal, very private. It would be devastating if you guys read it. Also, I lost my dream journal and somewhere in this season. If you see it, don't read it. I, uh, I keep uh, a little bit by myself. I, as a comedian, open for an X-rated hypnotist is what I tell the cops when they catch me fucking dogs at the dog park. I can't help it, officer. I open for, as a comedian, for the X-rated hypnotist. I took my friend to see uh, Infinity War. And at the end of the movie, I went to the movie theater manager and I said, hey man, I want my money back. And the manager said, what are you talking about? I said, I, I was promised that at the end of the movie, half the world's population will uh, die. And the manager said, yeah? I said, well, my friend's still here. <laughs> yeah, I know he's in the room. I know he could hear me. He knows this. I said, I want to kill you. Let's go see Infinity War, and chances are you'll die. My treat. And he said, okay. Can I get popcorn? I said, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> I like movies. My favorite movie is Memento. In fact, I got a tattoo. It's inspired by the movie Memento. It's in block letterings. It says, see Memento. Now streaming on Hulu, which unfortunately it's not, and that was painful, because it was Netflix. <laughs> By the way, I just got Netflix. If you want to know more about it, check out my show on Netflix, Mike Gets Netflix. We're on season three where I get Netflix. First season, analog television. Oh, See, so much better to have my joke book out here. I do write a lot of stuff on paper. I have a diary, and uh, if, really changed my life. I, I remember everything. I even dream about my day, which makes my dream journal redundant. I'm just like, see diary. By the way, I also lost my diary. Don't read it. Uh, that'd be terrible. I, I keep a weed journal. I just don't ingest it all the time. I actually write about it. You guys have a weed journal? It's where on each page you write down this, the name of the eighth you bought and what type it is and what kind of smell it is and what kind of taste it is and what the initial head high and the body high and your final analysis and how much you paid and at the end of the book you go, I spent $4,000 on this? Oh, hey landlord, here you go. I actually, this dispensary show I was very excited to do because it's right by my favorite place, the public library, the main branch. And I love that place. And I was up on the third floor, I finally found a table and I sat down. And I have these Bluetooth headphones that when you turn it off, it calls my wife every fucking time. And I'm sitting there and I see my phone on and it says my wife's name. And that for the last 22 seconds, there was a call engaged through the Bluetooth. And I hang it up, the Bluetooth was off. And it went to the podcast I was listening to and it goes, Andy Richter, start fucking as loud as possible at the library. And I was so embarrassed until I saw an empty beer can uh, at the table anyway. So I wasn't the first fucker on that table. <laughs> that, was, that was the second one. You know the library, you know how many books you could take out? Oh, we're almost done. You know how many books we could take out at one go at the library? 50. It's a great way to impress your friends when they come over. You're like, check it out, furniture, <laughs> couch.
Would you like a canapé? I have a serving tray. At my book, it's unit. You could actually get 50 DVD box sets and come home like I did, bring home 100 total DVDs. I was like, wow, 100 total DVDs. What's a DVD? I actually have a DVD player. Old. I was watching the Emoji movie, but the movie, my DVD player was so old, all the characters are just boxes with X's in them. Could not see it. I, you know, I, not only are there dispensaries in San Francisco, I, I had trouble at a cat cafe. They wouldn't let me in. Apparently, no dogs allowed. Like, I'm from San Francisco. I live in San Francisco. I have to carry a dog with me. Like, you have more than one dog. I'm like, I need them all. It's my working dog. This is my therapy dog. This is my assistance dog. This is my medical dog. This is my recreational dog. This dog I sold from a kid from the upper hay, which explains the rope around his neck. Here's a hunting dog. Here's a cop dog. Here's a fire dog. They don't mix. There's my codependent uh, little dog with it on a leash. They said, all right, fine. And I went into my Merce to take out some money, and you know what was in there? A little dog. <laughs> what scares me is watching dogs on the bus. All right? You want to live in a small apartment, pay what we have to pay with a dog? God bless you. You want to take them out? God bless you. But the dog has no idea what's going on on a bus. All right? Nothing's normal about it. It's always like you're in a... Anyway. But I, I always love when they're like, come on, have a seat. You know, here's a chair. Dog doesn't know what the fuck's going on. That's probably the most controversial thing I have to say about dogs. I promised dog and unicorn jokes, and I uh, made them alcohol. I talked about their alcoholism. You know who was another drunk? Was Tiger from the Brady Bunch? Drove Richard Reed crazy. He hated working on the Brady Bunch. The dog was always drunk. Uh, I want to make sure I milk the most out of this before I uh, start. You know, uh, therapy, you go for an hour, but it's not an hour. A therapist's hour is 50 minutes. So I like to fuck things up and stop after 40 minutes. I'm like, that's a Mike Spiegelman hour. <laughs> My therapist said, what? Wow, that's groundbreaking. Because I said, next week. <laughs> Our time is up. I went to a half-assed uh, fortune teller on Geary Boulevard. You guys, you know, it's like Geary is like the uh, autumn mile of like fortune tellers. And I went into one, and I don't think it was even the owner, right? Let me in the table, start putting cards down, six in a row, five down, last card up. And I'm like, "Do you work here?" She says, "No, I'm a temp. That's why I'm playing solitaire." <laughs> Did not see that coming. All right, uh, I'll, I'll tell a joke and then I'll get out of here. I was actually walking down the street. Oh, you know what? <clears throat> I was walking down 21st and I saw a caramel apple on the sidewalk and I ate it because uh, it's, it's okay to fuck up. <laughs> it's like I always say, you'll live once. I fucked that up. Let me start over. So I was walking down 21st and I saw the caramel apple on the ground and I picked it up and I ate it because it's okay to fuck up because it's like what I always say YOLO. I was actually walking around uh, 
21st, and I saw a man with a banana in his ear, and I said to him, hey, you got a banana in your ear. And I said, what? And he did that to me two more times, and finally I just said, you got a banana in your ear. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I have a banana in my ear. And I said, but you don't have a banana in your other ear, you fucking smug piece of shit. <laughs> what are you, fucking meme IRL? Fuck you. All right, here's my joke. So these two guys are walking in the desert, and all of a sudden, a poisonous snake jumps out of the bushes and bites one of the guy right in his pecker. He's like, ow, my pecker, call the doctor. So the guy with the phone fixes the phone. He's like, Doc, you got to help me. My friend just got bitten by a venomous snake. What should we do? Listen, son, you need to suck all the venom out of your friend immediately or he's going to die. This guy who got bitten by a pecker goes, ow, my pecker. What did the doctor say? And uh, I fucked this joke up. Uh, Back up, back up. In the beginning, did I mention the guy with the phone was me? That was me, it's a true story. So I said to him, listen, I got bad news. Doc says we have to 69. Because yeah, I'll save your life, semicolon. However, suck my dick. All right, that's not fair. Let me do one more joke. These two guys are walking in the desert and this venomous snake jumps up and bites this one of the guy in the pecker. And he goes, ow, my pecker, call the doctor. And the, the snake says, listen, listen, don't call the doctor just yet. I'm actually a famous Hollywood actress who is cursed by a witch to be a venomous snake who uh, puts venom in your becker. And uh, if, if you let me do that, I will turn into this Hollywood actress. And they said, uh, who are you? And she says, I'm Reese Witherspoon. And they said, who? He goes, uh, Jennifer Lawrence? All right, I'm Mike Spiegel, and thank you guys so much. Thanks for your patience. Mike Spiegelman, yay. Well, I'd like to thank all of our comics tonight, Mike Spiegelman, Zach Wiseman, Ira Summer, and Alice Edelman for being here, and you guys for being here. Thank you, audience of real people. Otherwise, this would be would just be crazy people talking to ourselves and saying jokes. Uh, I'll leave you guys with one another knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Jesus. I know, did that guy exist or what? Was he like real or an allegory? I'm not sure. I don't know either. Uh, thanks to David Zunzu Kersher for running the ones and twos in the back. And we'll see you guys next week on Fantastics Comedy Clubhouse. Yay!
Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday 7 to 9 with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Asiento. Come in after work and take a seat at Asiento. A great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought-provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at muniradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. You feel that, but you can't you can't not tell anybody and then you have to tell the person.
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied sedately. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Angelo Lamenti. About 40 years. Have you been in prison too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, In prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, Prison Diary. Arrested at Tukvid Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison, Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road a sudden storm broke loose and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the wall, darts its rays against the gate. awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell, how lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours, we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. 
waking and brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock. The cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind of languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt.
like plastic is a show you're tuned into in this station that's coming to you from the Mission District in sunny San Francisco's mutinyradio.fm. Please keep a listening. Whoa! 